Get a sip of my coffee and Bailey's here. It is a holiday. Whoa. Uh, It's noon somewhere. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast celebrating the radio show turned podcast Too Beautiful to Live. This is an all-central time zone edition of Little Red Bandwagon coming to you from Clayton, Missouri in the suburbs of St. Louis in a child's bedroom with my microphone balanced on a stack of children's books in a window seat. I'm Bobby Pape, and we have a full cavalcade of central time zone hosts for you and let's start with our newest little red bandwagon recap co-host Anne lundholm coming to us from new brighton minnesota just outside the twin bay cities st paul good morning Anne. good morning bobby and down to texas joining us from dallas meredith mahan good morning meredith good morning Sorry, yours got short. I burned all my steam on Anne. (laughs) (laughs) There's not much to say about Dallas. It's all right. (laughs) Uh, And in Austin still, Mike, are you still in Austin? Yes. In Austin, Texas, Mike Frizzell. Good morning, Mike. Hola, amigo y amigas. You've been spending too much time with the the workmen around the house this week, haven't you? (laughs) Right. The painters. (laughs) All right. We're going to start with some LRB business today, as we often do. And in fact, it's a pretty full house on LRB business, followed by your TBTL week in review uh, with your official clip of the week, housekeeping and how you can get involved. This is an Easter Sunday recording edition of the show, in addition to being a central time zone edition of the show. Uh, So we'll see if we can keep it fairly quick, although no promises. Lots of LRB business. And uh, the order this is written in on the run sheet has Mike going first. Uh, yeah. All right, Mike, what's going on with House Hunters Texas? Well, uh, yesterday we decided to go to the new house and take some measurements to see, you know, what's going to fit, what's not, and kind of, um, you know, what we have to take, what we're going to buy, all that stuff. And my nephew is in town, Emily's nephew, um, her brother's son. He's six years old. He's the oldest of the two nephews. And he decided to spend his spring break here with us in Austin. So we're looking for things to do with him. And he likes that kind of thing. You know, he's kind of a little construction-y type kid. So of course he wants to go to the site where they're building the house. So we went down to Kyle and we measured up the house and, and I was sort of watching him while Emily was doing that. And after that, we had to go to eat. So we went to this place in San Marcos, which is the next decent sized town south of Kyle went to a place called the tap room and, and um, had burgers and fish and chips and stuff. And what, what we've been trying to avoid since Emerson got here the other night, that's his name, Emerson. We've been trying to avoid politics talk because apparently he is a big Donald Trump fan. Wait a minute. He's six. (laughs) He's six. (laughs) He's six. He's a big Donald Trump fan and he calls him Donald Trunk. (laughs) <laughs> so we successfully avoided talking Paul, you know, Emily and I, we, we work for the Ted Cruz campaign. We're big Cruz supporters. So we really don't want to get into it with the kid. 
get uncomfortable. Uh, so, and <laughs> Cruz won Texas anyway. So in your face, Emerson. Yeah, um, sure. So the, the we've avoided the subject, but then all of a sudden a guy walks in who Emerson thinks is Donald Trump. Uh, the guy has kind of wispy hair. He's a little orange. Um, I mean, I, I would say he looked more like Donald Trump than anyone in the in that bar and restaurant did, but didn't really look anything like like the man himself. He looked more like Al Gore to me than than Donald Trump. But uh, Emerson at the time was playing with Emily's phone, kind of. Um, he, he was playing some Candy Crush and then he was looking at photos, and he snapped a picture without telling us of <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> And Emily's mortified. She's like, stop, you know, that isn't him and stop doing this. Uh, so he kind of laid off, but I mean, the guy was right in our line of sight. Um, and we, 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 we finished up We're we're getting ready to go and I'm getting the check and I've got to sign it. So I tell them, well, you know, just take him to the restroom and let him wash his hands and, and, and we'll get out of here. Uh, so I get up. The, they're gone and I get up and Emily's outside the men's room and she looks like she's in a panic. And I'm like, what's going on? Did someone go in and molest the kid or so? What's, what's happening here? She says, you, you got to get in there. Donald Trump went in there and then he <laughs> went in right after. <laughs> and, and she said, she said, uh, he didn't veer off for the, for the sink. He kept following, you know, he kept oh, no. going deeper into the bathroom after, after the, after the guy. So I said, all right, all right, I'll go in. I go in there. And I don't see either one of them. So there's a stall. There's a bathroom. St- there are two stalls, one toward the back. And, and there's another one toward the sink that is wide open. There's no door. And I look in there and there's Emerson. He's, he's dropping a deuce. So I think, okay, you know, crisis averted. He's not bothering Donald Trump. He just needed to, <laughs> to drop a deuce. So I wait patiently like a, weirdo standing over by the sink. I wash my hands just to pass the time. And uh, then Emerson walks around from that, that doorless stall with his pants down. And, and I said, what, what's going on? You know, why are your pants down? He said, there's no paper. So I look, I, I go to the stall and there's no paper roll. There's nothing in there. It's just a toilet. So there never was any paper. And so I go, okay, well, let's get some paper towels. There are no paper towels. It's a, it's a hand dryer only bathroom. So luckily I hear Donald Trump finishing up back in the, in the big, big boy stall. (laughs) He comes out, goes to wash his hands, wondering what these two weirdos are doing. I'm standing there doing nothing. Emerson has his pants down. So Emerson walks past Mr. Trunk. Goes into the stall, gets his business taken care of, and we finally get out of there. But I'm wondering, because there was no urinal in this place. So I'm wondering, did they put a stall for a urinal and then just put a toilet in it? Because who puts a toilet with no... no Without even a roll. Yeah. For the option of... Yeah. So I sent you guys that picture last night to which... Oh, okay. And I said... I said, well, I'll explain this tomorrow. This is a possible show picture. And Jeremy says, uh, so, so the house project is not going well. He thought, I guess he thought that this was the <laughs> toilet that had been installed. <laughs> and it's off center too, if you notice. Uh, and there's already graffiti there's above graffiti, it. There's graffiti. It's off center. It's it's a disaster. And the, the 
I guess it's a, the good news is, is Emerson didn't work up the nerve to talk to Donald Trump in the stall next to him with his pants completely down. <laughs> so there you go. There's your house update. And thus concludes this week's episode, a little red bandwagon. <laughs> I don't know what we can talk about from there. Uh, you think they could at least put a sign up. I mean, if they're going to use a toilet as a urinal, just put a sign up that says, you know, no paper. <laughs> right. B-Y-O-P. Right. And only. Oh, you mean paper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Um, yeah, well, Mike, nice job, uh, making babysitting great again. <laughs> yeah. I just put the picture up in the chat again, just so you can see how off center it is. Yeah. I just and, saved it. We can make it the show picture. And yeah, absolutely no toilet paper or means to hang it. If you had it. Uh, thank you for that. Next on LRB business is Anne. And I think, Anne, unless there was something you were looking to share specifically. <laughs> well, I can piggyback on that story if you want sure. me to. Oh, uh, yesterday, I was at my, my second job. I have a, you know, apart from all the statistician stuff, I also work retail at a gift store. And we had a big event yesterday. The Easter Bunny came in. And so everyone could bring the kids and get the pictures taken. And we did food samples and we made popcorn and it was all like a giant popcorn massacre. And there was this kid who was maybe six or seven who comes up to me and says, did you know that I'm the smartest kid in my class? And I said, no, I didn't know that. He said, yeah, Mrs. F says I'm the smartest kid in my class. And I said, that's great. And he said to me, so do you have kids? And I said, no, I don't. And he said, are you married? And I said, no, I'm not. And he said, so you're single. Oh. <laughs> oh. And I said, yes, I am. And this kid followed me around for the next 20 minutes. So I'm, maybe got, I got a date. Nice. <laughs> How old is he? Uh, maybe six or seven. Okay. It's a little short for me, but I can work with it. Find out his politics before you okay. get involved. Okay, good. Well, uh, welcome, Anne. I think really the note, Anne, there was just to say welcome to the recap show and thanks for pinch hitting for a few weeks with us. Sure thing. Um, we're giving Christy a little time off to come to terms with the fact that she's marrying Jeremy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I need some time too. Yeah. Um, I better hope I'm not there. My tongue will be bloody. If, when, <laughs> when the time comes uh next up on all every business is me we've all got something this week um, i'm going to do this quickly because it's been a long week uh since we last spoke wagoneers uh we recorded last sunday morning and as you know because you're faithful loyal regular listeners christy and i recorded together from the the I forget which one, not Carver Subaru. It was, Subaru. it was a different sponsor last week. The studio's never it. It was like, Hey there, Hyundai or something like that. <laughs> something like that. And uh, after that, we went and had a little red bandwagon meetup at Optimism Brewing in Seattle. Uh, let's talk about the pros and cons of Optimism Brewing. Uh, pros, uh, big open space. Children are allowed. Dogs are allowed. They hooked us up with a pretty good chicken oriented fried food truck just outside um cons they only have their beer so we had mm. to as one of you blew in 
on the Friday show for us. We had to do a little covert smuggling of other beverages for a couple of other people. Uh, and I don't know if it's pro or con, but since we're on bathroom talk, very 2016 unisex bathrooms mm, at Optimism con. Brewing, individual locking stalls of your choice, but shared sink area. Hmm. And uh, Dyson Airblades, which we'll talk about later. (laughs) But uh, I think it was a very successful meetup. We had a whole lot of people and a few great dogs come out. Uh, The children had fun climbing all over the industrial architecture of the space. And uh, we all had a few pops and beers. So uh, thanks, everybody, for coming out. It was great to see you. I'm sorry we didn't get to talk as much one-on-one, everyone, as I think we would have liked to. But it was uh, quite an experience, and I think we had a lot of fun. Sorry, you guys missed it. Yeah. Meredith, Mike, yeah. and I'm sorry I missed the dogs. People. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some other things from my travels this week. Uh, Jeremy, producer Jeremy, and I took a little day trip to Vancouver on Tuesday. Got some poutine, walked around the park, kind of held hands a little bit. It was romantic. <laughs> what was Jeremy so confused about? That face that he was making in that picture. <laughs> Uh, I think the sun was in his eyes and he didn't know I was taking his picture, but it is okay. the best picture I've ever taken. <laughs> it is pretty amazing. <laughs> I think I used I it against take- him last night because uh, he tagged me in a pic- a picture like I have a sad face and some picture that I posted sometime. And he's he's been using it against me. Like, and yesterday he was saying that look when all your friends are voting because I'm disenfranchised. And yes. I came back at him with that confused picture and I said, this is the face when Jeremy forgets to tag me in the burn that he lays on me on Twitter. If you're curious about this picture of Jeremy taken from one of the high points in Stanley park in Vancouver, he made it his profile picture. So find Jeremy Holmes and uh, you can see him looking completely bewildered in another country. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. Who lays a burn down like down like that on me and doesn't tag me. What's wrong with that guy? We can't get people to stop unnecessarily tagging people on the Stens page. <laughs> yeah. <Yet. Right. laughs> uh, a couple of other notes from my trip that I wanted to share with you uh, for the first time ever in my Alaska airlines flying history, chocolates for the flight attendants failed on my mm-hmm. flight from Seattle to St. Louis. Wow. Uh, How did that work? Did they just fire them straight into the trash and tell you to get to your seat? <laughs> something like that. Um, The flight crew was an older flight crew, which usually I find is a good sign because they have more authority to do whatever the hell they want. But um, I got a window seat, which is rare, especially flying standby. I'm usually in a middle seat or occasionally an aisle seat, but it's just the luck of the draw. And um, I handed off the chocolates as they were coming through with the digit players, uh, the first pass through the cabin. And they were very involved in their own wants and cell phones and talking to each other and not very much caring what people around them on the plane were doing. Hmm. And so I handed off the chocolates and I just said, Oh, Hey, thanks. And I was in a row of all people flying standby. And I think we were all industry related. Like I was sitting next to someone who works for another airline and the person after that, I think worked for their airline. And so it was very clear that we were all kind of not regular passengers. Freeloaders uh, more or less. Yeah. And she was just very unimpressed. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Normally I get up and I go chat with the crew and hang out in the back for a little bit, but in a window seat, that's very hard to maneuver. Mm -hmm. And so I never had that opportunity. 
And then I just did what I do. I, I gave the chocolates and then I let go and let God. And so I ordered my, my Baileys and coffee and uh, had my sort of wallet sort of half in my hand and uh, got asked for my credit card. I'm sorry. Yeah, huh. I know. I don't mind paying. It's fine. It's just, you know, I was batting a thousand until this, this leg. Uh, some recon uh, tells me that perhaps on a flight of that length in that direction, uh, sometimes you get crews that are a little less fun. I, I've never done it. Meredith, you did it recently, right? Yes, and it did work. Wow. Ann? No. I haven't brought the chocolates on once and I chickened out. See, I'm the same way. I mean, I don't want to be noticed. I don't want them to notice me. I'm not going to get drinks. I don't want drinks. Just I want to get to where I'm going. And I don't know. I'm just the meekest traveler probably. Well, I'll leave it at this. These these people clearly needed some joy in their lives. <laughs> and hopefully I help bring it at some point when they finally open up those chocolates. So we'll see how the flight. Well, actually, I know the flight back's going to be fine. So And could bake uh, some stuff for them, though. Oh yeah, that's a great idea. Oh man, I, you could make it something delicious. I, I don't know if it's uh, not packaged. Right, exactly. Mm. I like to get things that are individually wrapped in a sealed container. Because... <laughs> right, especially from a crazy person like Anne, you just wouldn't. Right. Need it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a full, beautiful cake. <laughs> yeah, and some plastic cutlery to serve it because that's all they'd let me bring on board. Uh, I'm in St. Louis visiting some friends for Easter uh, who are house sitting for a professor and his wife and their three young children who are all away until August. Uh, the room I'm broadcasting from right now is my guest room that I'm staying in on a surprisingly comfortable futon across the room from a set of bunk beds. And uh, there's no adult sized furniture anywhere in the room. So I'm sitting in a little corner chair scooted up to a window bench seat <laughs> and I've got my everything's balanced here uh, I've got a fake plastic cash register next to me <laughs> and uh, Th- this uh, might this might be a, a competitor to the bathroom and there's a little uh, teepee like a little fort teepee between like next to me in the bed and my stuff's all spilled out on the floor next to it there's lots of children's art hanging from like a little decorative string with clothespins right in front of me. Uh, and a child-sized Adirondack chair is what I had to scoot next to the futon to be my bedside table. Mm. <laughs> uh, but it has an ensuite because these people are rich. So uh, still one of the nicer guest rooms I've stayed in. Uh, compared to Will's guest room, which had a creepy naked uh, baby doll in it. <laughs> It's been an experience. Full size or what was the, what are we yeah, yeah, talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, St. Louis is great. Um, I just wanted to put a couple of plugs in for touristy things. We went to the St. Louis Zoo and I usually hate zoos and people know this about me, but it had two things going for it. It's free uh, mm. and they sell margaritas that you can walk around with and drink. <laughs> <laughs> And you don't actually have to walk around. You can just sit and drink the margaritas and the other people can walk. So you went to a bar. I had a a sickeningly sweet $7 margarita, but well worth it. And uh, also City Museum, which is something I had never heard of until we got here. Don't be fooled by its name. It is not a museum. It is an indoor steampunk amusement park. What? Ooh, wow. It's At one point while we were there yesterday, I described it as shoots and ladders in real life. They bought out this big old building 
and it's several stories tall of slides and weird things to climb through and there are basically no rules and a lot of things are made out of reclaimed industrial parts there's a lot of welding involved and it's indoor outdoor there are things you climb on outside there's an old airplane you can climb up and go through like a small plane um and there, they're, they're one, metal slides. There one, one accident, one like impaling away from closing the doors forever. It sounds yes, like this. Absolutely. This just it's amazing. Like- <laughs> uh, this place is $10 to go in. And, and what I fun. couldn't figure out is, is how you, how you clear it at the end of the night. Cause there are all these dark passageways and there are places <laughs> that are too narrow for right. a, an adult to go through. <laughs> you have to be a kid. Um, all I could think was, A, I hope that the sprinklers have bleach water in them, and every night they just <laughs> just flush the place out mm. with sanitizing water. They could hire that uh, the Chinese acrobat from Ocean's Eleven to <laughs> yep. sweep the place at the end of the night. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and then I had this thought, if we could find the right financier, uh, we can make the place free for everyone, but one child a month goes missing. Which wouldn't be too hard to pull off in this place. Right. Uh, I'll try to find pictures and send them. They call it a museum and they have a couple of quote unquote exhibits, which Mm. are like posters and a couple of pieces of modern art so that they can keep their status as a museum. But the rest of it is just a giant. um, Oh, yeah, you're right. That's probably clever. They probably get some public funding because they call themselves a museum. And then when when the when somebody comes by to check on it, they slap, slap a few things up and say, Oh yeah, this is our exhibit here. And then they leave and they put the water slides back. Uh, Children of all ages. And it's open until midnight and it gets dark outside and you're climbing through all this crap. So I'm going to have bruises. I'm sore already from yesterday. It'll be worse tomorrow. Uh, That's enough about me. Meredith, you have an equation on the run sheet next to your name. Yeah, so um, as you know, I was skiing Mount Snow uh, last week. <laughs> the the greatest name for a ski mountain ever. Was that before, uh, just outside? Before or after you went to Mount Doom? <laughs> I, I, I liked the idea of Mount Snow a little bit better. So I was there with some friends. My husband doesn't like winter sports, so he stayed home. He texted me as I was getting to our rental Airbnb place and with pictures of this little tiny puppy. And he said, oh, my friend at work found this guy running down the highway and he can't keep him. What do you think? And uh, it must have been vacation brain. I don't know what happened to me, but something overcame me. And I said, yes, of course, let's take him. So now I have a puppy. Mm. Um, and he is adorable and great, but he is, I've never had a puppy before. I have an old dog. She's 11. She sleeps all the time and doesn't care about anything. So she's perfect. Um, this puppy, (laughs) Mike, you've had puppies, haven't you? I have not had puppies. No. Oh boy. So he's so much work. Um, I know they destroy everything, right? He doesn't actually, he knows the difference between his toys and shoes and he'll pick up a sock and run around with it every once in a while. But um, we kind of lucked out in that arena. He's about four months old now, so he's not tiny, tiny puppy, but um, he's been a lot of work. I can't keep my, you know, he's not fully house trained, so I can't look away from him for even a second or he'll pee in the corner. Um, so he's been a lot of work and it got me thinking about this cat dog thing that we've been going through lately. And uh, I've come to the conclusion that kittens are better than puppies. So put that in your pipe. 
I, they get trained faster or they're less um, mobile. They're, le- probably. <laughs> they're less work in all aspects, you know, like they, they already know how to use their litter box. Right. Uh, you don't have to. So what we're doing with the puppy is leashing him to one of us at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, how so did, that he, how did yeah, Duff handle it while you were gone? Uh, he had a party. <laughs> <laughs> As is usual when I'm gone. Um, but it <laughs> was mostly that, like <laughs> to get, get people to come over and play fetch with him to tire oh, him right, out. Right. So he had a bunch of friends over to help him. Good. So he's great. His name's Eddie. He's adorable. I don't know what kind of dog he is. He looks like a puggle lab. He has maybe. some bow legs. Yeah, he does. Maybe some terrier in him or mm-hmm. something. So I have a DNA test on the way from Amazon Prime. That's so awesome. I'll update when I figure what out what he is. Um, but I love him. But gosh, he's a handful. I am impressed that you named him after your favorite Whoopi Goldberg movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what it was. And I'm curious if, because now we have two lady statisticians on the show, and do you agree that kittens are better than puppies? I have no objective information. I've never had a cat or a dog, so I can't tell you. That's an extremely appropriate statistician answer. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) There's no, I have no data. (laughs) Uh, with that, guys, since we've talked about ourselves for almost half an hour, we yeah. should get on to our TBTL Week in Review, which is fine because there's not that much to review this week. Um, let's start with Monday, episode 2080, Magic's The Gathering. Uh, we get a long intro from Luke. They're back into their their grind, their regular setup, their new regular setup with Luke at home and Andrew and Wallingford. Uh, Luke talks about going into dreams deeper than REM or REM, as the joke goes, and uh, dreaming of Charleston Chews. Which is my fault because at the TBTL meetup in Minneapolis, St. Paul, I gave him some mini Charleston Chews. Wait a minute. How dare they make mini Charleston Chews? The selling point of the Charleston Chew <laughs> is that you put a lot of terrible candy. It lasts forever. <laughs> I, I, this is a sacrilege. Mini Charleston shoes. I'm sorry, that was the only option. <laughs> oh, really? They didn't have the full sizers. Huh. Hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. That's a that's a thoughtful gift though, because he talks about those a lot. Well, I feel the exact same way. Mm-hmm. It's a fun size Charleston chew, just like the size of a regular candy bar. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. It, it would make sense. Uh, we get from this into an extended conversation about beds and bedding <laughs> and Luke's 37 steps to a successful life through your bedding. He wasn't wrong. A lot of it was yeah. right. But no. when I, got- I mean, but it's basic information. Like, yeah. yes, change your sheets. Make your bed. <laughs> There's an episode of The Simpsons where uh, Homer and Marge have their kids taken away from them and have to go to parenting classes. And they're going over really basic stuff and Marge is deeply offended, but Homer takes a note garbage in garbage can makes sense. <laughs> and I had the same thought when they were talking about like be a grown ass adult, mm-hmm. buy a bed frame, clean your sheets. Well, he's, he's taken 39 years to get to a lot of this stuff. Cause it sounded like until just a few years ago, he was using t-shirt for a pillowcase. <laughs> Pillowcases aren't rare or expensive, you know, no. right? <laughs> they're easily, easily obtainable. Um, how often do you guys change your sheets? I change mine every week if I'm really lazy every two weeks, but that's the absolute max I'll go. 
Yeah, I'm about on board with that. Yeah, I'm every two weeks. Okay, we go weekly. It's sort of part of our Sunday tradition. And and Luke's right. We have two sets that fit our bed that we yeah, like. Yeah, that's, imp- that's imperative. And then there are, we have backups too, but like we have two that we rotate back and forth uh, for the most part. Um, I like the conversation about Luke having Bill Radke's old bed. <laughs> and I like that the notes across the run sheet we got two <laughs> grosses and one reminder of Bill's ad email address, B Radke at mattress.biz. <laughs> I, I could also hear Andrew doing this calculation in his head of like, wait a minute, am I going to accidentally blurt out his actual yes. email address? <laughs> Concentrate. <laughs> Bill's a pretty fastidious guy, but I don't want anybody's old mattress. Nope, Thanks. Nope, nope. Yeah. Well, and plus, I believe it was his college era mattress. Mm. <laughs> I will say that it, there was some action that went down on that bed. Uh, plus, and we can we can guess. I mean, it's probably just B Radkey at KUOW.org or something, right? I mean, right. it can't be that. <laughs> it's pretty easy. It's, right. it's, it's, you don't have to hack it. It's pretty easy. <laughs> uh, top story for Monday, Twitter turns 10 and this gets the guys talking about thinking about success and scale because Twitter really hasn't found a way to monetize after all this time. Um, the guys let it slip. Should we talk about this? We've never really brought it up specifically before, but I think they have an aspirational number of 12,000 listeners per episode. Mm-hmm. Which makes me feel good about our numbers, which I'm not going to say. <laughs> not quite 12,000 listeners. Not quite. Well, we know we're just hitting the P1s. So we're hitting the most important segment of that 12,000 listeners. Right. Listeners, that's you. <laughs> um, any thoughts on Twitter or should we just roll on? I got nothing. Uh, it's a shame it didn't fail the way Luke thought it would, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I thought, shocked you I called I, it wrong. I kind of thought it was a stupid idea when I first heard it. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. I still uh, think it, it's kind of a stupid idea, to be honest It is with still you. kind of stupid, but I mean, yeah, it's useful you're not for even, something. And you're not even on Twitter, are you? Nope. I probably wouldn't be on Facebook if I hadn't been peer pressured onto it. Nobody's peer pressured me onto Twitter. And how many Facebook friends do you have now since Friday? I don't know, like 110. So nice. you've got like a 10% gain. I know, it's really awesome. Uh, guys, Anne, Anne's a little light on the Facebook friends department. Mm-hmm. Everyone go friend her. I don't like Let's to talk if... to people. That's okay. We want to follow you. You're human interest now. All right, good. So everybody go for pictures of delicious cakes. Go and grammatically Anne. challenged restaurants. <laughs> See, she likes all the things that piss all of us off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, on to the train guy, train man. Rain man, train man, the That's guy. That's definitely what they were going for. Absolutely right? what they were going for. Yeah. Which is bad. So as a reminder, this is the guy who likes to steal MTA train cars in New York and operate them efficiently and successfully and safely and then bring them back. <laughs> it's an interesting story. I, I don't mind. I don't mind that they're going to try to tell that story, but like they're, they're going to try to make his lawyers Aaron Brockovich or something and. Right. That's going to be the angle. No, I want to know about Train Man, not his lawyer. Right. I want to know how you, like, I want someone to just film him stealing a train. Like, that right. part's exciting to me. Right. A documentary. It's like a heist movie. Yeah, I want to see how he does it. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the MTA trying to get a piece of the pie on this? Come on. Well, I want to know what their budget is. 
Uh, it's probably a mess. Uh, I'm sure they're losing money because I think every public transit system I've ever seen is losing money. Yeah. And and what do they think? This movie's gonna, you know, be a two hundred million dollar I mean, if if you could add have Batman and Superman fighting on the train that he steals, then maybe you're talking about a financial windfall, but this doesn't sound like a, a blockbuster to me. Right. Uh yeah, that's it. I I uh I just can't imagine them. Well, I can't imagine the MTA screwing someone. That seems pretty common. Anyway, on to Bodie McBoatface. I like Bodie McBoatface. I think that probably is what Carrie called Luke when he bought that fourth boat. <laughs> At least that in her mind. Kind. Right. <laughs> right. It's the clean version of what she called yeah. it. Uh, I think the PR benefit for them, which I think Luke questioned there being any, the PR benefit is that people are talking about it at all. I mean, I don't think it means they're going to get more grant funding on their next cycle, but I think it's just, why not have them talking about them? They're not going to actually name this boat, Bodie McBoatface. (laughs) Of course not. They want some good PR. They could have a, have Boatman steal it and make a movie about (laughs) it. I believe that's a sequel. Uh, We get an email, Dave Hester, the yup guy from storage wars is nice in real life, whatever. Uh, Something about Rudy being obese. I think Luke was shooting down the notion that Rudy might be getting a little. I chubby. guess some tens called her fat on the Facebook Stens page, right? I think so. Gotta I didn't love see the, that. Gotta love the Stens page. <laughs> uh, did they tag her? <laughs> we should make a page for Rudy, <laughs> a fan page, a heavily moderated fan. Page. Heavily moderated. Uh, yes. We. I took Ginger to the vet last week. There was she had a minor problem and. Um, we, there are four vets at our, at the vet office that we go to. And one of them is kind of mean, and I didn't get a chance to schedule the appointment with the ones we would want. So I went in there and it was the mean one. I'm glad Emily wasn't there because Emily really hates this lady. And the lady immediately, um, says, oh, your dog is fat. Uh, and then what else did she say? She said something else derogatory about her. And, and I was like, um, yeah, she's a few pounds overweight. We could we could find out what's wrong with her first. We could take a look at her paw first before you you know you start you know criticizing like start this. body shaming your <laughs> dog. Right, poor thing. I mean, yeah. she was much fatter when we got her, and she's 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 just got a few extra pounds. She's a bigger lady. I mean, it's just a mean thing to say. And of course, I made the mistake of reporting this to Emily when I got home, and and ever since then, Emily's been mad about it. <laughs> Well, that'll give you time to find a new vet. Yeah, yeah well, really. we love the other three. It's just I should have said, oh, uh, I need to get in today. And they said, oh, can you come in at two? And I said, yes. I should have said, is it going to be that mean lady? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not coming in at two. I'd rather not get veterinary care than this mean lady. <laughs> uh, we got a listener who was a one-time PA on Love It or List It and just uh, testified to what we already knew, which is how painful it is when they gin up the – the fake stress in the relationship between the couple, either, you know what I'm talking about because you love, love it or list it, or you don't know what I'm talking about. And we're not going to drag you into it now. Uh, we also get some of Flo's stand-up flow from the progressive commercials, right? She's progressive mm-hmm. and talk of magic's cereal, apparently a commercial that the mummy was in. Mummy. 
This is when I pause for Mike's comments about the nope. money. No, the no, 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 nope. <laughs> nope. I, I, it's sad that he can't eat cereal anymore with all the teeth missing, but there it is. I'm sure. I'm sure it was a good ad. On to Tuesday, 2081. Godsmack is my co-pilot. Uh, a group of deer is called a herd. Yeah, really? Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, we get to um, Tampa radio morning talk. Uh, more Bubba the Love Sponge and his arch rival, Mike Calta. Um, I I went a little blurry on this. The thought of Flash Friday went through my head and everything else was gone. Uh, awful. Is it, yeah. Morning radio in any a city of any size is never not stupid. It's yeah. so stupid, all of it. And it, even if you just go by it accidentally for about five minutes, you think you're being punked. Yeah. I don't know how people listen to it. Um, Luke also mentioned early on in the show that he said he's never been the target of ire from Gawker. And I'm pretty sure it was Gawker or one of their whatever sub level things that, that really set their sights on his Microsoft commercials for a couple of days. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm pretty sure that somewhere in that media empire, someone, someone pointed at him. I mean, really they were pointing at Microsoft, but, I mean, those commercials were awful, and the internet did not let it go. <laughs> that wasn't Pancake Dad. That was a different one, right? This is where he was dressed like Steve Jobs, right? <laughs> oh, yes, right. This is the one he where Carrie were making Carrie were... like soon after he died. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and they were. Yeah. What's that? Too soon. Too <laughs> right. soon. Doing a foe. Yeah. So, uh, Luke, don't forget. I'm pretty sure Gawker does hate you. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Tampa morning radio talk was also where the Godsmack stuff came up. And that's when I really zoned out. Mm-hmm. I just can't even, you have to protect yourself right sometimes, you know, don't feel bad, Bobby. Yeah. That's a defensive mechanism. Yeah. It's Thank fine. You. Shut down. Uh, the top story from Tuesday uh, was the story of the guys who were inadvertently put on a text chain for a newborn announcement. And uh, after repeatedly not being removed from that text chain, decided to just go all in and bring the baby some gifts. I've done, you know, I get tons of wrong emails. So (laughs) after this one woman kept sending me her Christmas missives and pictures from Kentucky Derby, and I just started to respond like, awesome. Merry Christmas to you too. What can I bring to the potluck? I like your hat. Yeah. It's a beautiful baby. Did you all see the thing on the stents page, um, a a lady said that this sort of thing happened to her. She, she was texting out or yeah, I think she was texting about her new baby. Right. Uh, It was the the pregnancy announcement. I think they had texted out the ultrasound. And then this person texted back, said, this is the wrong, you got the wrong number. I'm calling the cops. (laughs) This is harassment. Harassment. I'm calling (laughs) the cops. Is this what we want the cops doing? How dare That's one you. of those. My first thought is that's got to be one of those virulent anti-child people. Mm. You know what I mean? The ones who are just so hateful about any the idea of anyone having a kid. Like me and cats. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Remind me not to text you any pictures of the cats no. ever. No, I'll call the I cops on you so fast. I'll get the FBI yeah. on it. Because now, now you're using you know communication lines for this crime. So You think the FBI is going to believe you over me? Eh, probably not. I just assume that it's somebody who's still paying per text message. 
<laughs> right. So like, yeah, this is costing me a quarter how every time. Dare you spam me? It's not even nights and weekends. <laughs> uh, the next story was this hiatus box, this magical box that doesn't have any powers that you put your technology in uh. and not use it. Yeah. The smacks of like pet rock. Right. To me. Right. Uh, the guys hash it out. Luke Luke actually tries to make a case for it, but Andrew won't have it. <laughs> he was work, as worked up about that as he has been in a while. I enjoyed that. Yeah, um, didn't he say, just get a shoebox? What is wrong with you? Right. <laughs> right. Uh, and you made the point, though, that that Luke needs this uh, this external force to stop him. Yeah, it's like he just doesn't trust himself or he won't bring the willpower to bear because all he does need is a shoebox. I don't understand why he has to pay $39.99 or whatever it is to get a plastic or tin thing to keep him from looking at his phone. Well, the thing is with Luke that he thinks that will work, so he'll buy all the gadgets, but it won't actually work because he'll just take his phone out of the box. If I were a salesperson at Brookstone and I saw Luke walk in, I would be like, all right, <laughs> my month is made. You get dollar signs in your eyes to ching. Yeah. yeah, it'd be a real cartoon situation going on. I hear you've had a massager for your legs. <laughs> <laughs> he recently got freed from it and now he can go to Brookstone. Can I interest you in this $100 toenail clipper? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. I forgot to bring my nail clippers on this trip. Uh, Schnooks, the local grocery store, $1.69. Schnooks. <laughs> you know the best part about Schnooks besides the moderately priced nail clippers? The guys that work there, the Schnooks? <laughs> they have a wide bar. Where you can have a tasting glass and you can get a glass of wine and walk around and drink it while you're while you're shopping. Bobby, it sounds like you're developing a problem. I it sounds, it sounds like you're drinking during all your errands and he's on vacation. Doesn't count. <laughs> Thank you, Meredith. The statistician says it's okay. Best part about this grocery store near my house is that I can walk through there and just swig a bottle of wine. They never even stop me. I hate Whole Foods, but sometimes that's why I go to Whole Foods because you can do that there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, apparently you can also grab a beer out of the mix six case for two bucks. Uh, oh, it was half price wine day when we were there. It was happy hour. So, uh, voicemail from Stu. He tells his ghost story. It's beautiful. Yeah. He's really an orator, uh, beyond his title. He should really be doing this more often. If only he could bring this kind of, uh, this kind of talent to his sportive con, uh, podcast. It's not bad. They have audio problems the way Takedown used to, though. It's it's tough listen audio-wise. I've never cared more about sports in Minnesota <laughs> than I do now because of that podcast. Uh, let's head on to Wednesday 2082, a daisy chain of free macchiatos. Um, I think they didn't actually come out and say it, but I think it was pretty obvious that this episode was recorded on Tuesday after the Tuesday taping because... If it wasn't, you know, they would have talked about the Seattle tree guy the entire Mm -hmm. hour. Mm -hmm. Uh, Andrew likes to fancy himself a Frenchman when it comes to his grocery shopping and is disappointed in his position in Wallingford because it's less walkable grocery store. Well, he is sort of built like Gerard Depardieu. (laughs) Oh, ouch. (laughs) So am I. (laughs) 
Um, the cake pop. Right. <laughs> Andrew is settling in, though. And he tells of getting drunk next to a tugboat captain and winning $75 on pull tabs. Um, I spent $20 on pull tabs this last week, and I just won $0. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the real conversation that inspired me from Wednesday was the talk of backup food. And I'm curious about where you guys land on this. Uh, Andrew's backup food, when they're all out of normal food in the house because they can't get to a grocery store on foot now, they try to keep tortillas and Morningstar grillers, which are these fake meat patties, around. And then sometimes they'll add eggs to that. Uh, and this is all from the days, the early days of Andrew and Genevieve when Genevieve was a vegan and so the Morningstar grillers were a staple. Uh, Luke says that his backup food is canned tuna and tapenade, uh, which sounds like heartburn just waiting to happen. There's that salt he loves so much. That's true, too. What's uh, your backup so what do you guys, on? you know, uh, we sort of just fall away from meals and down to appetizers. So like... If there's nothing else, I can usually cobble together whatever vegetables are left and cheeses and meats like sliced pepperoni or something and just put it all on a plate and call it like a like a little cheese platter. <laughs> like whatever we have, I can sort of turn it into something I can eat on crackers. Yeah, that's what I do, too. It's not so much a meal as components. Right. But if I have enough components, I'll just eat them until I'm full. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then in the office, I keep microwave popcorn around because if nothing else, I can eat just a giant bag of popcorn and at least pretend I'm full. How about you, Meredith? Um, it varies. Sometimes I ra pull random stuff out of the fridge. So my dinner will be like a baby bell, some coconut, an orange, some seltzer water. You know, it's like so just whatever is there in the fridge that needs to get eaten. Um, but, you know, there's nothing I can't turn into pasta or a frittata or, you know, something like that. So it's just kind of, I, I made a random salad the other day that was like wheat berries, broccoli, and beets. I sure. It's pretty good. Sounds like something Whole Foods would sell me. Yeah. Yeah. I usually fall back on cereal and failing that, just a big old spoon of peanut butter. Yes. That'll do the trick. Yeah, that'll do it. Um. Luke ran into Rob Lowe at SeaTac, and I don't think he actually meant ran into as much as he saw Rob Lowe across SeaTac. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess what Josh Kearns from Cairo is old childhood friends with Rob Lowe. I, uh, Josh Kearns is the one who didn't make it into the Brat Pack. Yeah, he's friends with a lot of those guys because I guess they grew up on the same street in Beverly Hills or somewhere down there. Uh. We also go into first kiss stories. Andrew's first kiss was when he was 18 years old and it was from a hippie-ish girl when he was just coming of age, finally. And Luke's first kiss girl, he doesn't share too much about because she is a 10. Oh, I forgot that they talked about this and I saw your note. His first, Luke's first kiss girl is a 10. I read thought it. she was a knockout. <laughs> That's what I thought too. I was going to castigate you for rating women on a scale. <laughs> I I know I read it differently. I thought he had it his first kiss when he was 10. Oh. Mm -hmm. Interesting. She's a 10, eh? Mm. She is a listener to TBTL and perhaps who knows, a wagoneer. Hmm. Hmm. 
interview. <laughs> <laughs> Save it for sweeps. We'll get the scoop. <laughs> All right. Uh, top story. Oh, I don't want to pass over the note that the hippie girl was a super clinger. Angie's first kiss. And uh, yeah, that he went from one... having to kiss her to escape her. Well, I don't think a guy like Andrew, if he didn't run into an aggressive girl at some point, I don't think he would have ever <laughs> been kissed. Yeah, you're right. She was the one who was watching him sleep. Right. <laughs> Never not creepy. <laughs> All right. Top story from Wednesday. Priceonomics, quote unquote, story on the New York Times website. Basically, Luke is mad that the New York Times has sponsored content. That was so boring. Oh, no. That's it, not a story. It, no, I mean, it made me so mad. <laughs> <laughs> because, like Andrew, I didn't want to give them any clicks, but I did. I went to Priceonomics and I looked at their About Us page. And it's, well, like seven white dudes and an Israeli dude who looks white. But their titles are writer, CEO, writer, writer, developer, uh, chief technical operator, and uh, system engineer. There's no people with a data background in there at all. So they're at, oh, and their uh, their masthead ma- uh, slogan is "In data we trust." And so, as a data person, <laughs> oh. this is totally marketing. This is non-science, yeah. non-data data people. Data yeah. yeah, they're just making pictures. <laughs> Well, thank you for bringing your true self to us with that. I can't have it. I can't have it, Bobby. <laughs> you got to go talk to the New York Times. You need to write that sternly worded letter. Yeah, I will. <laughs> uh, Luke recalls one of his early radio jobs hosting a conservative show, the Luke Burbank Show on KVI on Saturdays, and uh, one time hosting it from the ISDN setup at the Stratosphere in Las Vegas. That's a pretty trashy hotel too, by the way. <laughs> I'm surprised they have that kind of setup there. I wouldn't have, I guess Vegas hotels have a lot of that kind of crap. There are a lot of um, sports gambling shows that get broadcast out of the casinos. Guys, I'm going to Vegas in a couple of weeks for a conference and I'll be there on a Sunday when we're recording. So do you think they'll let me, <laughs> the, the, the Venetian will let me use their, ISDN line? Yeah, it's you possible. absolutely ask. <laughs> I'm going to. See if you get some private studio time. Like, I also need decent internet connection because we use this janky web service. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's going to be exciting. You're going to have to, we're, we're, we're going to have to live through you that weekend. So please be reckless and have fun. I will. Excellent. Um, an email? Not really an email a conversation on the Stents page that they're calling an email segment. Uh, if somebody buys coffee for you in a drive-thru, are you obligated to buy coffee for the person behind you? This is so awkward. I wish people wouldn't do this stuff. I don't know why. It makes I've never me... experienced this. I don't, I don't know what I would do. Well, what if the person behind you is buying for their whole office? You know, well, let me buy this guy behind me. And he's got like seven sandwiches and nine, yeah. nine cups of coffee. And you know, Oh, $127. I'm going to take all well, your and like when I was packs. in when I was in college, I usually had enough money for a coffee, <laughs> so like it wouldn't even be an option. Like, sorry, I just have to take it, and like, yeah. right. you know. And this doesn't like, sound like something you'd be comfortable with. Well, I don't drink coffee, so it's not going to come up. But I just, I, well, it's not paying it forward if you feel obligated to do it. Right. 
Yeah. Um, I think the notion of just giving a good tip is yeah. fine. Um, um, if they look like they've earned it. I mean, don't give a good tip to terrible. We got coffee yesterday on the way to the airport to pick up Sam. And I went in and there was one person in front of me. Very confused about the fact that the ovens were not working. They had signs up, hilariously poorly written signs up about how the ovens weren't working. And this woman was going on and on about what she couldn't, couldn't order. She tried to order something and asked if it could be toasted. She had to be reminded that that happened in their ovens. (laughs) And they had like seven employees all staring at this woman and no one helping me with three black coffees. Uh somebody could have paid for my coffees and I still would have walked out without tipping them. But otherwise I like the idea of just leaving a nice tip. Yeah. I think they arrived at the right answer after about 20 minutes. Right. Uh, and with that, we'll move on to Thursday, 2083. We've got to do something about Andrew. Luke is in Chicago. Uh, and we get into some deep notebook talk. <laughs> About these guys and uh, mainly Andrew's uh, need to have a notebook nearby when they're recording and using the same notebook for TBTL and a side project he's working on and getting all confused about managing his paper. I use electronic pretty much everything. And I don't, they were talking about how you don't look back through your old things and say, oh, I remember that day. But I totally do that. You can scroll back forever in your Google Calendar. <clears throat> I've been using it since college, the same one. So I have all that stuff. And I will sometimes just find myself going back and looking at that. I don't know, Meredith. I sort of, I feel like when I find stuff that I'd written down, I I tend to linger over it more than when I see something that electronically I made notes, you know. I, I'm way more likely to just immediately erase something than fire an actual piece of paper into the trash without reading it. Huh. But that's just, I don't know. There's no reason to delete anything on a Google, Google calendar. You know what I mean? Like just, it doesn't take up any space or do anything. Oh no, yeah, so. you're right. But like when I come, I come across notes, like even old, like notes from TBTL or whatever, you know, from, from doing this thing. Uh, if it's electronic, just psh, gone. If it's written, I'm like, what did I care about so much that I actually wrote it down? Mm. I want to look at it. And where are you on this? I keep it all. I do paper. I do digital. I just file it and I go back and I look at it. And I agree with Meredith. It's just as easy to look at it on the Google calendar as anything. I even have, I use a, um, an app for my shopping list that I share with my husband so we can both add things to it. <laughs> and I even go back and look through those and remember things like, oh, I remember when I cooked that. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's Why the day did I, I need all this malt liquor? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, the day, that's times. every day. Does that go back to college? Because I'm just imagining ramen noodles and... Sure. And... Bean know, burrito, Martins. bean burrito, bean burrito. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Andrew's dad is a calendar man. I am a foot in both worlds. I have my Google Calendar, which I keep all of my work stuff on. So like my work appointments and my trivia shows. And then I also have a moleskin calendar that I double those things over in, but also try to frame out like freelance hours and random extra notes, things. Cause I try to keep it in my pocket. So if something happens on the fly, I can just, you know, God forbid not turn on my phone for two minutes, but I don't know why I just like both security blanket thing. Um, Mr. Whiskers Esquire. I can't remember why I wrote that down. 
He was talking about going to get the cat. Oh, remembering Jeez. the trip to the ASPCA to go pick up his childhood cat when he was a kitten. Right. And he couldn't remember his name. Right. And so oh, right. Luke suggested Mr. Whiskers. I'm surprised you remember it. because it's often a security question, you know? Right. What's your first pet's name? Right. right. Well, now we know how to get into Andrew's email. Uh, my first kitten, we had cats when I was younger and I didn't name them and I don't really remember much about that. But the first kitten that I named was an all white kitten that I named Frisky. I had no idea what Frisky meant. (laughs) (laughs) I have a rather unsavory cat name story too. Um, and I apologize in advance. This was not, I wasn't involved. I wasn't even born, but my brother, uh, named this cat that they got when he was a little baby. This was in the late seventies and he couldn't really, he wanted to name, (laughs) this is the problem. He wanted to name the cat tar baby. (laughs) (laughs) Because he had just seen that awful cartoon, that Disney Rare rabbit. Yeah. Um, and he didn't know what it meant. Right. And so he couldn't say, he couldn't say Tar Baby. So they, he named the cat Etar is how it came out. And we had three cats named Etar. Oh. Growing up. I'm so Which glad. Which is better than Tar Baby. Yes, much. But not, not great. Not a great So name, glad but... for the listeners who make an hour in hour in on this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's all Tar Baby's a fine name until the cat gets lost and you have to go out in the streets. <laughs> tar. <laughs> uh, Luke is staying at a hotel in Chicago, but he doesn't like the coffee, so he's going to go on a walk to get coffee that he does like from Starbucks. Sorry, sorry, Mike. <sighs> um, let me say something about Starbucks. <clears throat> I know I've never spoken on the subject before, but. Uh, I, I enjoy that story. He was listening to, uh, or no, it was on Twitter when Eldridge Rakasner, who's a former UW basketball player, who I actually tried to recruit to get into my fraternity when I was in college and didn't. But uh, Eldridge Rakasner was at some event where Howard Schultz was speaking and he was soliciting questions from people on Twitter. And Kevin Calabro, who used to do the games, the Seattle Supersonics games when they were in town said, ask that genius why he sold our basketball team. <laughs> I was so tickled by that. And, I, and it reminded me, my favorite thing about Kevin Calabro is he used to team up with a guy named Marcus Johnson, former NBA player, and they would announce the Sonics games and they would progressively say crazier and crazier things and see if they could get away with it. And one day they took it too far. And <clears throat> I'm sorry, ladies, and I'm sorry, Aiden, you can turn off the podcast for about two minutes right now. One day, uh, Brent Berry was a a player uh, on the Sonics who liked to shoot threes. He was a good long distance shooter. And one day Barry hit a three in kind of an exciting moment in the game. And Kevin Calabro screamed out two in the cake and one in the pudding. Oh, and (laughs) uh, wait, what I've wanted to know ever since then, if something was said to him, about that from management because that's a very, if you, uh, I don't know. It's loaded. It's very fraught and there's really no reason to say it other than for the urban dictionary type reason that, that people would say that. And it just seemed like he was pushing someone's buttons and I would love to get Kevin Calabro a little drunk sometime and find out (laughs) what happened what led to that? And were there any repercussions from that? And I know Luke has interviewed him and I forgot to ask Luke if he asked him off the air about that. Cause I've talked about that with Luke too. Uh, I was listening live when that happened and I was watching the game. I mean, I had it on, like I like to put sports on and then do other things. And that was one of those moments where I was on the computer and I looked up and said, 
did he just fucking say that? <laughs> and yeah, sure enough, I rolled it back and he did say that. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Great moments in broadcasting history. If the FCC were a little hipper, he, he would have probably gotten in a lot of trouble. <laughs> uh, back to Luke's coffee walk. Sorry for the digression. Aiden, you can turn the volume back. <laughs> Aiden, the kid who quoted Dre lyrics at me the first time I met him. <laughs> I think it'll be okay. Uh we get a conversation about comparing the tunnels connecting one little area of Chicago to the skyways connecting everything in the Twin Cities. The sky time. Um, I've, sky, <laughs> sky, yeah, sky, sky bridges. bridges. <laughs> Underground sky bridges. Uh, I've never been in the tunnels in Chicago, and I've never been to the Twin Cities. So I don't really have much of a bearing on this, but I would automatically think skyways are better because you can see stuff. They're pretty cool. But you have to deal with the buskers. There's Skyway buskers. So, like, if you're down by Orchestra Hall, there's this guy who has two little kids that play the violin. So it's just the two. It's kind of weird. And they're out there and they're playing. the. And there's a guy with an accordion. And you just. Well, and if you're afraid of heights, that's not the place to be, right? It's not that high. Have either one of uh, you ladies been in the tunnels in Chicago? Uh -uh. No, I didn't even know they had. I've been to Chicago a million times. I didn't know there were tunnels. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently there's tunnels under Dallas, but I've never been to those either. Mm. I'm sure they're full Sounds of chain scary. restaurants if there's anything like above ground in, yep. in Dallas. <laughs> I would love to go to a TGI Friday's bunker. <laughs> Underground <laughs> TGI Friday's. I like that this leads to a conversation about the Webster effect, where you have a house full of secret passages and that's the dream, which, by the way, is basically what City Museum in St. Louis is like. Mm -hmm. Um. More cat talk. Uh, Theodore Murray is named Theodore Murray because Andrew just wanted a grumpy old cat named Murray and many years later has gotten his wish. <laughs> uh, and our top story for Thursday is also cat related. P22, our favorite name and numbered cat, uh, may have killed a koala bear. The only thing that doesn't ring true to me about this is why would he leave it? Yeah. Because I don't think they kill for sport. They kill for food. Right. But um, someone really on the Stens page brought up, a, a if you ever need to capture a big cat in the wild, just put a big cardboard box. <laughs> right? <laughs> Get a refrigerator box. Right. I'll jump right in there. Uh, I was thinking uh, an Amazon toilet paper size box, but I guess I'm just working off what I know. <laughs> uh, Luke talks a little bit about not hating zoos or feeling like they're the worst thing, but also he doesn't feel comfortable endorsing zoos. And so he turned down a, a opportunity to do another round of spots for the zoo in Seattle for the radio. Um, where do you guys land on zoos ethically, morally? I don't know. I'm conflicted. I went to school at the zoo in sixth grade. It was like a, a, a kind of a nature science based program just for sixth graders. And I loved it. And it was great. But I was 12. I didn't really think about that stuff. Um, but it was very educational. So I think that's one for the plus side. But uh, as far as how great it is for the animals, I think that can vary quite a bit. Right. And mm, I think I'm with Meredith. And the Twin Cities has two zoos. 
And the Minnesota Zoo is pretty nice, but there's a the Como Zoo. It's a free zoo, and the enclosures are small. They used to have this polar bear exhibit where the polar bear was just kind of yellow and laying on the concrete. And I thought, this is not a good deal for these animals. So I don't know. I put a little money into your zoos, people. Yeah, I think you can tell when they're trying. Are. You know, yeah. like yeah. if you, yeah. you walk into a zoo and there's just a bad feel to it, you go, uh-oh, <laughs> yeah. this doesn't feel good at all. And it, it is it is part money, and then it's, you know, it's just part uh, the the level of competence and care that you can witness. And they do on. some conservation and things like that yeah. and breeding programs. So I can't get mad about that. Um, I, my reasons for hating zoos are not so much about the animals as so much the user experience. I think almost Margarita every time I went availability. to the zoo. I was going to say. <laughs> right. The sugar, the amount of sugar they put in yeah, is just I, disgusting. Oh, Until like recently, I like rocks. This has been a real problem. Not blended. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, these were on the rocks actually. It was nice. It was a cool day. It was perfect. No, my usual zoo experiences have always been like school field trips or big groups in the middle of summer. It's a hundred degrees and everything smells like shit for obvious reasons. And, um, those days being dehydrated and having a headache and being miserable and also just not caring much to see the animals. Like, I feel like I walk up and I see an animal. I'm like, Oh look, a hippo done what's next oh look yeah. an elephant what's next oh look monkeys what's next and people are sitting there like studying for their thesis staring at these animals and i'm like hey look it's an animal okay that I'm was done. me when i was a kid there was a there was a, a stingray exhibit that i would just i would have lived there if my mom had let me when i was two or three i was just entranced by those things but when you i mean when you think about it it it's no more interesting than if like someone walked down the hall and they saw me sitting there, you know, with a bowl of cereal and looking at my computer, <laughs> you know, how long are you going to look at that? Right. <laughs> how long do you feel like you need to look at that? Have uh, you ever watched stingrays eat? It's incredible. That does sound cool though. Underwater stuff is different. Aquariums are different because it just, I don't know. It's, it's more mysterious. It seems like to me, you're, you're yeah. discovering stuff that you would never, ever. Yeah. See. And the fish are always for tunnels too. Yeah. Yeah, they're do stuff. The fish are doing mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Not just sitting there going, what? What are you looking at? <laughs> I'm not big here. on aquariums, but um, Will took me to a neighborhood bar with a piranha tank. So I kind of got that Ooh. experience. That sounds like a bad combo. <laughs> Drunk people and piranhas? I think they were well encased. Good. Uh, yeah, I mean, the St. Louis Zoo, I'll give them a lot of credit. It's really spacious. The animals have a lot of room. There are margaritas. Um, and they have a lot of Monsanto money, which I thought was really ironic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, this led to Echo the Parrot and talks of animals in court cases. I'm not really sure where that was going. They didn't really explain anything about the the crime or the yeah. what happened with the parrot. I was sort of confused about this <laughs> the, whole thing. The story never actually was told. No. We get mentions of buggery and... I love the idea of a parrot that just says Venn diagram back into <laughs> and ha 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 exactly, or maybe something about pastrami or hot dogs. Kanye West. Yep. <laughs> ICP. Uh, from here, I believe, is when we get into a conversation about commercials uh, um, and other things that are sort of pseudo manly. I know there was talk of the 
the Stallone commercials for boxing, which also came up on after these messages recently, I think. Uh, and Meredith, you suggested here that we take a minute and listen to uh, Luke uh, acting manly. I, I think it started because they were talking about that guy. They got an email because some somebody, one of those radio guys slaughtered a pig. Oh, in yes. The air. Yes. Oh, right. And it was just horrifying. And so the, it, we, it kind of goes back to this idiot morning radio guy thing and this kind of idea of just like, I'm such a man. These are all the things that men do. Right. Well, let's, let's take a minute now and listen to Luke being, uh, this, this manly personification. Um, on the subject of Florida shock jocks, listener, Sam said, Hey, friendos. So your conversation on the show about the Tampa shock jock radio wars was hilarious and surreal to me. I'm from St. Petersburg, Florida, the Bay City, a mere stone's throw from Tampa. I cannot tell you how many Bubba's Army stickers Mm -hmm. I've seen throughout my life. One dazzling detail you guys didn't mention about Bubba on the show is that he was at one point jailed on felony-level animal cruelty charges for slaughtering a live pig on air. So, yeah, he's a real class act. Uh, Signed listener Sam. Um, Now, I'm not trying to side with Bubba, and I'm not part of Bubba's Army. But, I mean, it's gross, and I don't think it's a good idea for radio, but is it that much different to the pig if it met its end in a radio studio versus a slaughterhouse somewhere? I don't know, I know how that pig I know met that's its a very, end. It's a weird, that's a weird take. That's a weird hot take from me. Um, but, you know, what annoys me about that not only in, is the fact that it was cruel, potentially cruel to an animal, but it's just – it's all part of that, like, just – world of 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 guy radio of like of of you know what it is i was trying to describe this the other day we're talking about bubba the love sponge versus the mike cowhead culto show or whatever that cowhead's yeah first name is and what bothers me about all of it is that it's this it's this elaborate kabuki theater of what being a man is mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I like big boobs and jet skis and I kill a pig and I wear camo and I'm in Bubba's arm. It's like mm-hmm. – it's all of this stuff that's furiously trying to let the world know that you are a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like – it's like what are you so – what are you so worried about? <laughs> you know, what are we all – what are we all jacking our trucks up and putting the truck nuts on the back and getting a – like getting a monster energy drink wrap put on the truck? Like what are we – what are we all compensating for all the time here, folks? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm so glad that Luke is the brand of asshole we know and love and not that brand of asshole. <laughs> well, what disturbs me is right around, I, th- I think it might've been the same day I was in the car and I was listening to a show called the Texas standard. And it's, it's basically a public radio hour with mostly just Texas related content. And there was an essayist, this guy, this professor that works at UT and he wrote an essay about uh, pickup trucks. And how uh, if you combine California and Florida, they don't even come in a distant second as far as uh, pickup truck ownership to Texas. And he pointed out some other statistics that uh, these these were done. I mean, I'll have to get the I'll have to get the studies to to the ladies so they can verify that these are, were well done. But the it works. It's working for these guys. The, the the most attractive truck to women, the most sexually attractive truck for women was a black Ford, 
I think King Ranch F two fifty, like Texas edition. Oh my God, it was rated <laughs> most sexiest truck. I'm I'm very dubious about the methodology of this study. I'd have to see the details because <laughs> at the very least, I'll find the radio story and get it to this you. This has got to be a self-selecting sample, and that introduces a great deal of bias. <laughs> but but what I'm saying is, all these gross guys and all this BS exists because it's working for some people. You know, this is my husband's take on men behaving badly. And it, it smacks of blaming women for men's bad behavior, but he says they do it because it works. Mm -hmm. Somebody out there is responding to it or they wouldn't do it. I don't 100% agree with him, but I think he has a point on some of these things. Yeah. Well, I got to say, yeah, that kind of guy is not somebody I'm interested in, right. but I mean, luckily they're not interested in me. So it just works out <laughs> right. for all of us. Right. Well, we, we all can't have the smartest kid in the class after us. Yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, we get an email uh, that is another jingle submission, and it is a, the jingle sung in the style of Kim Cattrall. <laughs> you know, I, I was as uh, I had as much trepidation as Luke did when it started, but then I realized as the person was doing it that you can't make that stuff any worse. You can't make it more painful than it is. <laughs> Oh, it was way better than the original. Yes, I know. Is this the same day we got the sad jingle from yes. Michael? Yep. Yes. That reminded me of like a Ben Folds. Like, <laughs> Elliot Smith. Song. Yeah. Totally. Uh, and at the very end, there's an Easter egg, and it is one of the Stallone boxing commercials. You need oh, to watch more boxing. I didn't listen. It was bizarre. Yeah. It was pretty terrible. <laughs> Um, one question before we move on to Friday, and it's about this Texas NPR style or local public radio. Here's my question. When I hear Wade Goodwin on NPR, I think Texas, his voice. Mm -hmm. And I just right now went and looked up a picture. I went to Wade Goodwin's bio on NPR and he looks nothing like what he sounds I like. You're going to say he was in front of a Ford F-250 King Ranch black <laughs> No, something tells me with those pipes, he's got no problem getting ladies. Right. He could drive. He could drive a Toyota Yaris like I do, and he could get the ladies in Texas. Right. But th there uh, needs to be a step side on that Yaris, though. <laughs> uh, and a trailer hitch. Yeah. Uh, he he looks pretty professional. No tides, Texas. I get that, but but you know, professional. I'm I picture Sam Elliott when I hear Wade Goodwin. Mm -hmm. And I just wondered, do they all sound like that? Is it just a bunch of guys sounding like they're wearing? Yeah, they look like John Clayton, but they got they have the pipes. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I got to listen to more Texas radio. That's all. Uh, on a Friday, twenty eighty four, designated stinker. It's a real Friday show. It's a quick show. Luke's in a hotel in Chicago, and housekeeping's banging down the door. We reflect on the death of Gary Shandling briefly, and then we go through Luke's garbage cans to find the death of his dignity. Wow. Yes, indeed. And I wrote it down because these kinds of things are important to me. It was one Thanks. Nestle Crunch, two famous Amos wrappers, two Twix, and what he called a Hershey's white chocolate with Oreos, which I don't know, is that a cookies and cream? Oh, I've seen those. Nope. Yeah. I think that's cookies and cream. Yeah. yeah. That's um, a lot of candy. Yeah. As a snacker, candy's not my forte, but as a snacker, here's the most embarrassing part of that list. He actively chose to eat a Nestle Crunch Bar. Yeah. 
It's bad. Yeah, those taste like wax. I think I've gone down this road before, maybe on this show, but of all the candy bars <laughs> in the world, why is Nestle Crunch? There was an episode love? where we were just naming candy bars, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Well, uh, uh, I know it's in your notes, Anne, and I want to talk about uh, this with you. When I first turned myself in, I was in King County Jail. There were a lot of guys that are both kicking alcohol and kicking heroin, and it's a real thing. You got to replace that sugar, mm-hmm. and like they would just they would trade anything for sugar. And I'm not talking about sex. I'm talking about any food <laughs> that wasn't sugar. You could make trades with these guys, and they um, a lot of guys would make something that was called a dope fiend, which was two grandma's cookies, like peanut butter cookies. You take a a snicker bar, cut it in half, put it between the cookies. um, And then they would like put uh, some plastic wrap on both sides of it and then sit on it until it spread out into this giant, um, giant Snickers filled cookie. And that was called a dope. I was on board until then. Yeah. I guess you don't have a microwave at your disposal. Dope what? Dope fiend. And that was because the, if you're kicking, you know, this is the only thing the sugar. that can yep. uh, that can replace it. Just want to get it for the show notes. That's all. Dope fiend. <laughs> I'm going to look for Martha Stewart's dope. And it, you don't sit on it for a half an hour. You just sit on it to flatten it out. <laughs> it's not to warm it. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought it was to soften no, up no, everything. No, no, no. Get it a little melty. I, mean, I kind of do that. I do Sounds that with good. my baby bells when I'm sitting. I put them in the <laughs> sure. crook of my knee. And then after about five minutes, they're just the right temperature. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not a I'm not against body uh body heat warming food, but that's not the purpose of that particular action. No, I actually read a study about that that this the sugar in alcohol is the same kind of sugar that's in sweets. So mm-hmm. when people are giving up drinking, they'll um they'll eat a lot more candy. Yep. And it and really it does sound like Luke doesn't he Carrie probably doesn't brook much drinking around the house, so He's probably not doing that much, and and he's just and he needs to be addicted to something. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I think it's going to be Nestle Crunch bars now. As much as I want to call bullshit on you, Mike, I just found an article on an old USA Today website, like so old that it it looks like it's from it as as we like to say with TBTL, it looks like it was designed by the guys who built the Space Jam website, but it's actually <laughs> from two thousand and four. Uh, dope fiend sandwich recipe try prison chef's cookbook I guess a <laughs> former inmate made a cookbook and it's the it's an AP story from Spokane actually mm-hmm. and the lead is talk about your iron chefs further <laughs> that's, down that's a pretty here. good turn of phrase right there yeah. we get uh, he also provided the recipe for dope fiend sandwich a treat popular in the King County jail it consists of two grandma's brand peanut butter cookies with a smashed snickers bar in between wow these cookies story are checks out so named because <laughs> story literally completely <laughs> checks out <laughs> sounds like i Often wrote it come to person craving treats yeah uh, and then there are a bunch of other uh, other treats include behind these bars Selly s'mores, short timer cheesecake, and for inmates from Seattle, convict mocha, which is coffee, hot chocolate, and a melted candy bar. Mm-hmm. It's common. Uh, proceeds from the sales of the $17 cookbook available in bookstores around Washington State will go to Children's Museum of Walla Walla. I don't know if this book still exists, but I'll look into it after the show. We may have to order it and see how many of them are. Walla Walla. I'm dubious about that. That sounds like just a, a door behind the the prison that they try to lure kids into 
<laughs> it's not delivery, it's jailhouse, yes! says the caption of the accompanying cartoon. This story is full of dazzling details. There's so many examples in this story. Yeah. And the website is great. Everyone go Google that. <laughs> we'll put the link in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, where to go from here? Uh, Andrew references the clean and jerk. That's always fun. <laughs> it's fun to listen to them work that out. Yep. <laughs> the jerk and clean. Yeah. Um, Luke hates on Dyson Airblades. I... Uh, actually, Andrew does because he calls it a game of operation with his meaty paws. <laughs> he's he's not wrong. Um, <clears throat> I think if you're taller than about five two, you you have to be like you have to do your best Frankenstein like Herman Munster lean over. Yep. These things should be oriented differently. That you should be able to stick your arm straight out into well, them. The water shoots back up at you. <laughs> I mean, ugh, it's a dumb design. They work better than those old ones that just kind of like. On your oh, hands. aren't the I, I'm okay with the ones the ones where you just smash the button and they actually blow mm-hmm. really hard. But have you ever got but gotten the low power one? Yes, yeah. yes. And then you may as well just use That's your hands. A waste of freaking time. You're, just one of those fans they sell at amusement parks. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Little battery power. <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you how many times that you go like you hit that button and then and you put your hands on there. You go really, oh. really. This is barely even a breeze. The only benefit of the old school ones were that the knob, the the blower was adjustable and you could turn it up and blow on your face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, a good, that's good for post vomiting. You know, that's, that's kind of what you need. Right. It goes from that to uh, the supercharged ones that like blow your skin off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like you're standing in an air tunnel or a wind tunnel. Right. Uh, but I like Dyson Airblades. I agree that there are some design flaws that need to be worked out. The reservoirs could be a little deeper. You know, I've got a long hand, and so I'm always afraid of my fingertips touching. That's about where all the water ends up, which is gross. But I've often said I wish that there was a full-body Dyson Airblade. I would love to get out of the shower and just walk <laughs> through that and be done. Sounds kind of sexy, actually. <laughs> See? Uh, all that water is going to end up on your bathroom floor. It's just going to fly all over the place. <laughs> just, put a, just make it a mudroom. Put a drain at the bottom. It'll be fine. Uh, and I I have the similar disdain for non-hand washers in, in oh, public restrooms. Oh, that's disgusting. It really creeps me out. Yeah, you always wonder, uh, am, I go, am I going to a meeting where I'm going to see this guy? And then, mm-hmm. oh, here's Bill. Hey, how you doing? Uh, no, no, thanks. Why didn't Mike shake Wait, hands? Just, he just didn't Self-preservation. Feel like it is that person going to go eat? Like, yeah, oh. that's their funeral. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Luke pulls back the curtain. Now, wait, wait, don't tell me and mentions something that'll probably be cut from the show. Apparently one of the contestants calling him was uh, Bill Curtis's old neighbor and had a story about Robert Redford at his house. Uh, and this all gets interrupted by housekeeping buzzing the room. Housekeeping. <laughs> Hello. I've never heard that kind of like, doorbell yeah that was weird yeah. have you it sounded like you were being buzzed into a secure area i thought it was a sound bite yeah i thought somebody had a yeah. new bell or something yeah maybe he just needed an excuse to cut the show so he just <laughs> dropped in a buzzer <laughs> just knock on the wall oh yeah. we're here housekeeping that sounds about right uh andrew tells us tells us he swears he didn't intentionally tank it but he got flown to an interview in Boise 
and was told that if he got offered the job but didn't take it, he'd have to pay the airfare. But if he did not get offered the job, he wouldn't have to pay the airfare. And he really wasn't enthusiastic about it. So he just kind of took it easy. Yeah. That's a crazy policy. Uh-huh. I've never heard of that. Yep. Sounds unenforceable. Uh, yep. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah, well, no, fuck right off. I'm not going to right. pay. <laughs> yeah, here's your bill. Um, top story Friday, man arrested for failing to return VHS copy of Freddy got fingered 14 years ago or something. Oof. <laughs> I've uh, never seen that movie. Me have neither. You, have you guys? Nope. Mm-hmm. No. Nope. Yeah. I've been living in a world here since I got to St. Louis where I'm getting shit on for not having seen a lot of terrible movies. I was forced to watch the movie get hard last night. Get what's that? Get hard. It's um, <laughs> oh, it's, oh uh, the, uh, so Will Ferrell goes to prison, right? Will Ferrell oh, gets ready oh, to go to prison. Kevin Hart, yeah, 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 Kevin yeah. Hart, uh, toughening boy. him up, even though Kevin Hart's not actually a convict. Uh, the ninety Racist. ninety minute, yes. Uh, Kevin Hart tells him to go his first day. Just punch the shortest guy there, <laughs> <laughs> and it's Kevin Hart. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I felt terrible about laughing at the Will Ferrell one-liners, but that's the whole movie. That's just an avenue for him to do yeah. his shtick. And, yeah. uh, don't go watch it, people. <laughs> I did it so you don't have to. Right. Uh, we used to rent videos from a little neighborhood place that was so friendly about late fees that they would just call you and politely remind you to please bring their movie back. Oh, Yeah. It's been a long time since I rented a VHS of anything. I I always thought it would be a fun tactic if someone was really overdue, when videos get really overdue, just the next person who asks about that video, just give them the address and they can go over and just grab it. <laughs> you can have the video, you can have video rental for free, but you got to go get it from this guy. Uh, Anne, I don't want to blow you in, but I see you've had an experience. Yes, indeed. Um, I'm not the kind of person that um, gets late fees. So my only late fee ever was for Spice World which my brother and I uh, rented as a joke and he was supposed to return it and he did not. And so uh, I guess on your record, it would show the last title that you returned late. So it always said spice world right on the top of mine. <laughs> not did a you ever movie. consider rent? Do you ever consider renting another movie and then bringing it back late just to bump the list down? <laughs> <laughs> like if you rented uh, uh, some Really, like if you rented like the Godfather box set mm-hmm. and then brought it back late, you could easily argue that it just took you that long to watch it. Sure. Yep. Schindler's List. No one's going to give me shit about that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, we watched a lot of Key and Peele bits the last couple of days. And every time I hear the Liam Neeson's bit, I'm just <laughs> sad that they didn't bring Schindler's List to do it. Uh, anyway, uh, Andrew. Tried to do something nice for Genevieve, getting her an I Love L.A. t-shirt, ended up getting pulled over and getting a ticket for turning in front of a pedestrian. And now he's not sure whether or not he should pay the ticket. That's insane. Of course, of course he, he should of course. pay it. Especially because it's Andrew. He can't live with that hanging over his head. Good point. Yeah, it definitely sounded like a Luke. Like debating about whether yeah. or not and surprisingly, Luke was the one was oddly familiar with all of this, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. this is going to happen, then this is going to happen, and then they're going to send you collections. <laughs> Sounds like he knows what he's talking about. 
Um, but I wasn't expecting him to advocate doing the responsible thing, but I'm glad he did. Well, I think he wants Andrew to eventually have more than a $500 limit on his credit card. One of those two needs to. Well, uh, Luke, from experience, not only from thousands of dollars of parking tickets in Seattle and other car-related issues, uh, was also at one point a wanted felon in New York for jumping a turnstile. <sighs> Transit police? Uh, have anyone ever had an encounter with, with these... Uh... These people? Yes. I got a ticket once for dodging a fare in Buffalo on the train that goes from nowhere to nowhere. I got pulled over on my bike by a bike cop. What? One time. What yeah. did you do wrong? Um, you weren't I being say... smug enough, were you? <laughs> you weren't making I was a, the minimum level. I was a teenager. I was a teenager and I was with a group of, of friends and we were kind of being hooligans and we were also, we had gotten a little bit high and so we were driving probably erratically down the sidewalk, which you're not supposed to do past a certain age. Hmm. And so he tried to give me a ticket, but I couldn't remember my address. So I never got it. I got a ticket <laughs> on my bike. Uh, once when I was in grad school, I was riding my bike in Florida and I was wasted and you can get a real uh, ticket for that. But I got a ticket for not having a light and I, it was $10. And I thought, you know, it's like one in the morning, you know, really? Really, there's nobody out there, but I'm not one who argues with cops because I don't like to get beat up at one in the morning with no light. How did he see you? Uh, I was on a very well lit street, what is normally a very busy street during the day. I did not need a light. (laughs) Uh, and with that, what do music for your weekend? Um, Luke. Luke picked an Alan Jackson song called Designated Drinker because he thought it was clever. Is it clever? No. <laughs> yeah. It's not up for debate. Uh, I think I think Carrie is a country music fan. I, I'm just guessing because of where she's from. She's from Cedra Woolley, which is kind of out in the sticks. I'm guessing she's a country music fan, and that's where he's hearing this. Yeah, we're hearing a little bit more of that from him, and I think you're probably right. And I, I, every time that comes up, I think, oh, Jen would love this. Uh-huh. there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with loving country music it just doesn't fit the vibe that i know for tbtl uh andrew brings the summer cats christopher wren which was inspired by the listener pick which is uh a listener named christy haven't heard of her brings this she sounds mean (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she's a little stressed out, guys. Be nice. Bringing <laughs> us uh, Ben Gibbard's uh, teardrop windows. And I guess, what is it? Smith Tower? The Smith Tower. Yeah. Smith Tower. Uh, ben Gibbard has an office in Smith Tower. and So sun- Christy works with Ben Gibbard. Yes. It, have she talked about that? Has she seen him? No, that's news to me. No, she's too busy looking for handsome Steve. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Ben Gibbard probably can't even get any play in the building with Handsome Steve running around. Yeah, true. It would be nice if Handsome Steve would stop just riding the elevator all day. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, he, he keeps the ladies entertained. But it, this uh, is just another example of the listener's song is almost always better than their songs. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, I can count on one hand the times when it hasn't been. And this time it was our, our girl bringing home the prize. That's right. She only had to email eight times and complain about not getting it on the show. She sent it in three years ago. (laughs) Uh, And with that, 
Uh, oh, I see you made a note. Andrew's filling in for Don. Filled in for yeah. Don. I'm surprised they didn't talk about that more. Yeah. Um, I talked to Andrew a little bit last week, and he did mention, following up on what he had said on the show, that he's hoping to pick up some more uh, Cairo radio fill-in, no responsibility, show up and get paid. I think there, there would probably be a lot more interesting stuff to say if someone would fill in for Ron, because Don is the is the weirdo. Don is the crazy person. So I want I want to pair those guys up with him because Ron's just a nice guy, generally. I've heard right. he's a little bit of a, you know, lech, but nice guy. <laughs> uh, but that, let's move on to some housekeeping. Uh, first, Nerd Out Loud, Christy's not here to plug it. So they took last week off primarily because of me, I think. <laughs> I sort of slowed everybody down last weekend. Uh, but I know that they're planning on having a, a food industry service person, a veteran, not Mike, um, someone else on to talk about the ins and outs of the food service industry. And they have been fielding questions from people about that. So that should be an interesting episode uh, upcoming on Nerd Out Loud. Christy doesn't have time for us, but is still finding time for her future husband. So uh, keep stay tuned for that. Um, and uh, also, we just have Anne with a question mark, which makes me think who? But I, I think we've actually covered that. Anne, thank you again for joining us for all this. We're going to have you for a few more weeks at least. It's my pleasure. Feel free to keep baking for us, too. Oh, I can do that. Uh, I'll I send you the address offline. Absolutely. I support the U.S. Postal Service. Uh, we have a new voicemail jingle. Yes. Last night, uh, listener Lauren sent it to the um, the show email. And I got to say, I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> we'll put it. Uh, it it's a pro- I haven't listened yet. It's appropriate for wide scale consumption. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yes. All right. We'll put it at the end. That's going to be the Easter egg on this one because right. uh, I can put it here, but I need to go down to Easter <laughs> in a few minutes. So it'll be easier for me to edit it if I just stick it on the end. So listen to the uh, end, everybody. It's listen so good. to the end. But that'll t- tell you how you can get involved. LittleRedBandwagon.com, Facebook, LittleRedBandwagon, and the Stens page. Twitter's Christie's at Kissy Eyes. We'll keep that in there with her time off. That's all right. Meredith underscore Mayhan, no why. Mike's at Drew McFrizz. I'm at RL Pape. Producer Jeremy is at Dadstronaut and Anne, your SOL on finding Anne on Twitter, but go friend her on Facebook instead. Anne Lundholm. Absolutely. Uh, we'll tag her in the post for this show. So I'm the only one. Let's see I if think. we can get those numbers up. The only Anne Lundholm? Mm-hmm. It's a made up name, so I'm the only one. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm at LRP. Did you make it up? Is this a story we need to get into? <laughs> no, 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 no. I think my family just changed it when they came over on the boat from Sweden. Got it. <laughs> the FBI made it up. <laughs> uh, the show Twitter's LRB podcast. Email us your jingles or anything else at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com or call them into 802-432-TBTBL. It's 802-432-TBTL. You might not remember it when I say it, but you'll remember it when Lauren sings a T in a minute. Uh, and without Christy here, I have no idea how this is going to work. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I uh, can say it. I can do it. Stepping up. All right. All right. And until next time, this is the next party. I love you, Jen. And Christy, don't wait for that cake. Thank you, Anne, because everybody heard my Christy impression on Friday's show. (laughs) (laughs) It's not good. (laughs) Yeah. I can't do it either. I have no vocal range at all. I can't go up or down at all. Nailed it. Yo, this is Wagoneer Lauren. 
Word on the street is the LRB isn't getting many voicemails, and it's probably because their number doesn't have a catchy jingle, so I wrote a rap about it. Well, my name is Lauren, and I'm here to say the LRB needs your calls in a major way. You've got Meredith and Bobby and Mike Frizzell, and while Christy's on sabbatical, there's Anne as well. They're all patiently waiting for the phone to ring with your episode submissions. It don't cost a thing. Just dial 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-TBTL. 802-432-TBTL. 8285's the last four digits if you dummies can't spell. Peace.